0: even though I think that my monster had is too monster. Gotta to get into a position where we're rewarding form as opposed to credit in the bank.
1: The Red 78 with Alan Quinlan and Neave Briggs. Subscribe to the rugby channel on the OTB Sports app and turn on your notifications now.
0: The Koi Gig Pod and OTB Sports in association with Cadbury. A player and a half deserves a glass and a half of support.
1: Everyone ran their socks off tonight
2: and they left everything out there. We're very proud of the the team's performance.
0: Let the shackles off Katie a bit so that she can go and play her game. We're going to go out there
2: to beat them. We're going to try and beat them.
1: Hello there and welcome to the first episode of the Koi Gig Pod, the new home of everything Women's Super League and Women's Football on Off The Ball. I'm Kathleen McNamee and alongside me each week will be former Ireland International and current p United player, Karen Duggan. Here we are, Karen, week one. How are you?
0: I'm very well, very well. Um, we have a lot to talk about. It's been busy on the domestic scene, but also we have a lot to catch up on in the WSL. So I'm excited to get going on our first thought.
1: I know there's a lot of exciting people to come that we're going to interview there's lots of debates we're going to have about teams of the week um as to what you can expect from us here at the Koigig pod every Tuesday morning we'll be waiting in your podcast feeds to bring you the latest on the women's super leagues the highs the lows of the weekend gone how the women's national team players fared and any more football analysis and debate that we can pack in we'll also have our team of the week provided by off the balls Emma Carroll who'll be joining us a little later on with her first inaugural we're going with team of the season first, just because this is our first thing week of doing it. But from then on, it will be every single week. And we'll also feature an interview with some of Ireland's key figures in the world of women's football. We're very excited today to be joined by Birmingham and Ireland's Lucy Quinn. Really looking forward to talking to her, especially uh, just coming off the international break and all the exciting things she's done in the last couple of weeks. The Koi Gig pod is on O2B Sports in association with Cabri FC, official snack partner to the Republic of Ireland Women's National team Karen I suppose best thing to do is just to dive straight in for anyone who's just stumbled across us and maybe is just learning a bit about the WSL and Irish women's football what has the league got to offer
0: Well, what it has to offer is a lot of, obviously, skill and all the rest of it. And we say that um, about any team that we we see on telly. But in terms of the women's game, I think you'd be surprised by the amount of, of grit and determination you'll see from the teams. Too often we're used to watching our premiership footballers rolling around the place. You won't see as much of that. Um, but you will see really, really dogged affairs. You're going to see a tight title race this year. In particular, we see Arsenal and Chelsea have gotten up to a fantastic start. We also have a surprise package of Spurs in the mix as well, which I don't think anyone saw coming, but four wins out of five has been a phenomenal start from then. So um, there'll be plenty of ups and downs as the league goes on, but at the moment, you just have to admire um, the start that Arsenal have had. It's been flawless, and I think there's plenty of people um, across the water and here where Katie McCabe is, is the first name off their lips when you think about women's football at the moment. And that's not just domestically in Ireland. It's because of the impact she's having in Arsenal and in England at the moment.
1: Yeah, I think Arsenal fans and Spurs fans will both be happy that their women's teams are performing quite well this season, considering how the men's seasons tends to go. And you mentioned Arsenal there. And I suppose one of the things about Arsenal is they've always been this massive presence in English football. They have like their record fa cup holders i think they have 14 next closest team has eight they were winning all the titles all the way along and then in the last couple of seasons you had chelsea you had city coming in spending all this money and kind of overtaking them a little bit and i know last season arsenal did this review into how they were basically running the team that a lot of players were getting injured when they shouldn't have and it's really paid off for them this season i mean they're unbeaten apart from the 4-1 against Barcelona in the Champions League again probably well the best team in Europe considering they won the Champions League last year um, but what it has it been so far this season about Arsenal that's impressed you they've new manager Jonas Edeval come in I think a lot of people say he's changed a lot but what what in specifically have you been most impressed with?
0: For me what I'm most impressed with is their their versatility and, and the way they can use their bench you've got Mano coming in, you've got Tobin Heath and then everyone's talking about Katie McCabe's versatility because she's played right side, left side, left back and um, they play different systems and centre to that has been Kim Little and some of her performances and she's back in real fine goal scoring term he's freed her up um, and that's because he's got Leah Williamson in fantastic form. Um, she's not just contributing at the back, she's getting up and scoring headers as well. I've just been really impressed by, by how he's been able to use his squad. I know people have commented that Chelsea are looking a little bit tired and obviously they had that Champions League run, they're stacked with internationals. But Arsenal look fresh um, and I think the as we go through the season will be how these top teams use their bench because Arsenal and Chelsea... Can afford to to kind of um, play with their teams a little bit more than than teams lower down the table who don't quite have that strength and depth.
1: Definitely, it's something Arsenal have struggled with in the past, and I remember even Arsenal signed uh, U.S. Women's and international Tobin Heath this summer massive signing great player and I remember seeing some people saying like why bother signing Tobin Heath we already have all this forward firepower and I was watching these people going would you not want Tobin Heath or that option on your bench Steve because as well with the age she is she's get like at the farther end of her career she's probably not going to be playing 90 minutes every week like some of the other players so to have that option come on or to have her on for the first half is such a great like chance to pull off your bench and I think with the way Jonas Edeville has been using his team he's much more willing to swap players around players aren't playing the same amount of minutes that they were in previous seasons apart from Katie McCabe who I think is playing like 90 minutes every week but (laughs) (laughs) generally yeah generally they seem to be swapping a lot more and maybe not focusing on the possession as much. They seem to be playing off the ball and making them comfortable with doing that. Um, So it's definitely, it'll be interesting to see where they go. And then a few days later, they have the second leg against Barcelona at the Emirates in the Champions League. So some big matches coming up for them.
0: Yeah, big matches. And of course, they'll have the bit between their teeth for the Barcelona game, Um. They're obviously going to be hurt by that because they do see themselves as the best team in England and and they don't feel like there's a a gap between the WSL and and the Spanish League. And I think we'd all agree with that, that the WSL has grown in such a way and it's attracting players like your Tobin Heats. And you want those kind of people in the league. You want them in your squad because they've seen it all. They've done it all. They bring experience. I don't think anyone would say, why are Man United? Uh, Why did we offer Edison Cavani another year contract? Because players like that, they can still run, they can still contribute something and their game intelligence. If When you're training a day, day in, day out with people like that, it helps bring players on. Um, and they're still a relatively young squad. They still have people who still have to learn. And having people like her in and around the squad is only going to help that.
1: Hmm. And you alluded to it slightly earlier, but one of the other big storylines of the season so far has been Manchester City. Uh, Their injury list, their choices in where they're playing certain players, the positioning. Again, another heavy defeat for them at the weekend. They lost to Chelsea 3-0 in the FA Cup semi-final um, at home as well, which is somewhere historically that Chelsea have gone and found it very, very difficult to win. Do you think that Gareth Taylor is the right man for the job at this stage? Obviously, they didn't qualify for champions. League either, so he literally they just have the league,
0: and even that's not
1: going particularly well for them.
0: No, they are, they're at a low ebb. Um, I think it's the worst run of form they've had since they became a professional club, and obviously they were so good for so long. But you do have players who want to play a different style of football who are maybe better suited to the WSL, and like you say, their injury list has been low. I'm not sure if he's the right man for the job, I think, without and out. You'd wonder on the pitch, are they lacking leaders? He's moved Jill Scott and tried her and centre back. And do they lose that bite from midfield then? And you've had a did- a bit of indiscipline players getting sent off. And it's just a some of it's bad luck and, and some of it is just lacking the they just aren't at the same level. You know, it's it's hard to, it's hard to put your finger on what is happening. Is it fatigue for being so good for so long? Um, Is it just not being adaptable? I think not being adaptable is hurting them. I don't think they have the same options that Arsenal and Chelsea do have. And when you have one or two leaders out of the team like that, it's hard to dig yourself out of that. So the sooner they get those injuries um, sorted, the better, because like you say, it's something that hurt Arsenal in previous seasons. They've sorted that out. um, And that's definitely what they need to, to start looking at now, because if anyone said to you after five games they'd be ninth just above Reading, Birmingham and Leicester you wouldn't put them in the bracket with those kind of teams you just don't expect to see it.
1: No absolutely not and I think it, it should be said I think at one point their injury list was literally a starting 11 of some of their best players you know the Ellie Roebuck one of the best goalkeepers in the league in previous seasons Lucy Bronze, Seth Horton there's all these players that huge names I think you, yeah huge names yeah. So household so sort of, names.
0: that's the thing they're household names that they're missing and the fact that we know these names shows how good they are as players I know the league is growing, but these are girls that are synonymous with the English team and with the WSL now so to have them out is massive um and, you know, hope you hope for those girls as well, that they can get back in and they can get up to speed quickly. Um, when, you can, when you're rushed back too quickly, we can see what happened with Harry Maguire um, in, yeah. on the men's side of things. So they have to be careful of that. But they they really are, are crying out for a good result at the moment.
1: Because mm, they do have such talent on that team, especially some of the younger players. You look at the likes of Lauren Hemp, like three time young player of the year. Caroline Weir, who can score those absolute screamers that are so entertaining to watch. Those yeah. are one of the things I think about City, especially coming up to next summer. Is I know quite a lot of the players on the team are going to be out of contract soon. So poor results, not making Champions League football, teams like Arsenal, Chelsea, Barcelona, Leon, even further field sniffing around could really harm them later on in the season. Um, could, so yeah, be and
0: something City have to be conscious of, but they do have the resources to ensure that they have a good squad so it's really important that um the club back them that the club recognize that something is going wrong and that they they look at to address it and if that's in terms of investing more to try and attract more players even if it's from the american league then that might be something they need to do in order to keep tabs on, on the top two
1: yeah, because they saw such success with that last season with uh, Sam U.S. So I know a lot of a lot of Rose Lavelle fans were a bit upset about her not being played or uh, played in the positions that they thought she should be played in. So it'll be interesting to see if the U.S. will let them take any more of their national players.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, they'll definitely be keen not to let any more go. But um, I think we will start to see it. I think the WSL is starting to attract more and more players. And obviously the way America works is completely different, where the focus is always on the national team first and foremost. But the game has become a very, very professional now. Some of these hurt girls are on big contracts and and it's going to be hard to compete with that.
1: Mm. And obviously it is early in the season. We're five games in, but it is, it is a relatively short season as well compared to other places. Mm-hmm. What, looking at the teams that are competing, do you think it is going to be a shootout between Chelsea and Arsenal for that title? I know we mentioned Spurs are performing quite well, but probably don't have the depth that they might need to go all the way. Although they won't have, big competitions like Champions League as well which can sometimes benefit teams in league runs
0: yeah I think that um it will be Arsenal and Chelsea because I think that the teams that have traditionally been doing well have had a top in form striker and those two teams seem to have three top in form strikers at the moment so um I you like Spurs and, and United We. United are obviously improving um, and obviously they've gone from second division up and it's good that they're holding their own and they'll be looking to compete. They don't have that recognized out and out striker. They're playing Ella too and kind of in that very trendy false nine position. Um, so I think that just based on form of strikers and, and how mean those two defenses can be, the likes of Magdalena where we were lucky enough to see her live in action in Tallah Stadium and God, she gave a display that night. She was so calm and and Leah Williamson, say for Arsenal, they they have quality in both areas of the pitch Um, and I just don't feel like the other teams have that depth throughout the team and the squad to compete with them at this point. But like you say, it's very early days.
1: Yeah, Excited to see how it all unfolds. And I don't suppose we wouldn't be doing our fellow country women any justice if we didn't touch on a little bit a few of the international players that are playing over in England. Probably the easiest place to go to with that is Birmingham, Birmingham. because <laughs> while they're not playing all that great at the moment. I think they're second from last in the league, but one draw for last week. it's been it's been a difficult time for them but they do have quite a big Irish contingent and they have seen quite a lot of change with Scott Booth coming in and also there's a lot of new players do you think this is a settling in period for them or do you think there are kind of wider issues that need to be addressed over the season
0: yeah unfortunately I think that Birmingham don't have the resources to compete when you look at the likes of Everton, they were able to make some big signings. And I think that they'll be a team that as the season goes on, you'll see that they'll click more. Whereas with Birmingham, I don't think they've been able to, to add the same quality. Um, but it is great for us on, on um, from an Irish point of view, that we have so many girls gone over there now and they're training every day in a professional environment. They're going to have it, it really tough. Themselves in Leicester are going to have it tough and there's, there's no denying that. Um, but it's, it served Louise Quinn well. We saw some really good performances from her. So from a selfish point of view, the fact that they're having to do a lot of defending, Jamie Finn's up and down that pitch. She was phenomenal in the in the most recent game, the the win over Finland. She was up and down that pitch. So it's reflecting well for us in Ireland, but in terms of Birmingham and how they're going to compete, I think it's going to be really, really difficult for them.
1: Yeah, I think it's been interesting hearing my like, beer we talk about it the last couple of weeks obviously with the internationals that even just from a fitness point of view that even if these the team itself isn't performing massively well in the league it's just the fact that they are competing at that level and they are competing against those sort of names remember it was something Louise Quinn actually talked about when she was over in Italy and how different the gap was between the league there and the sort of training levels and the competitive levels and even things like rehab and medical facilities compared to playing in the WSL so obviously the more players from a national perspective that we can get there the better and we seem to have quite a good little track over there I mean you look at someone like Katie McCabe and what she I know she is like the player for us at the moment but even that as an example to girls and women looking to play professionally is so great to have
0: yeah, and you've got Louise Quinn and, and Niamh Fahi who have had such a long career and they've sustained it so well. So that's something that while some of the girls have gone over the likes of Emily Whelan and Eleanor Ryan Doyle, maybe they're not quite um, starters yet. They're, they're being blooded and they're getting the experience. They know the levels that they need to get to in order to, um, to become mainstays in the WSL and that experience will stand to them no matter what. Um, we saw Leanne and she dropped down um, to the, the second division and has done her the world of goods. So it, it's going to open up more and more doors. And um, obviously, as, as a Piemann United player, I'm a bit, bit sickened. but it's uh, it's one of those things you're, you're happy for the girls because it, it's a massive opportunity and Birmingham is a perfect place for them as well because they're going to have that support network of of all of the, the Irish girls there and we're going to speak to Lucy Quinn a bit later and we can talk about the, the Irish contingent there which I'm looking forward to talking to her about but um, it's, it's great opportunity for them no matter what they're being exposed to some really really good qualities so early on in their careers.
1: Yeah definitely and it's even just nice to see the interest building here I think like with people being able to see the WSL much more with the Sky and BBC deals it's kind of fed down into the Women's National League and people because they see the names that are going across and like where players started out and then obviously we can actually watch the Women's National League on TG Catter and things now so there's loads it's all kind of almost coming up to a head at the same time maybe well maybe it's not even coincidental it probably is because they are so much more accessible and even shows like this hopefully will raise a bit more of the profile but it has been great to see and it would be great as well if at the end of the season we did have someone like Katie McCabe lifting a few trophies and and getting a world cup qualification <laughs> um,
0: if we can choose between one from Ireland we take the world cup qualification Arsenal fans might might think differently but that would certainly be fantastic and um, yeah the, the growth of the women's game it, it like it's been phenomenal over the last few years I went to see um just Shelburne and DLR as the first televised game here in Ireland and You'd think maybe, oh, that's going to detract from the crowd, but it was actually the biggest crowd I've seen at a Women's National League game this season. So the more exposure there is, I think it's going to benefit the WSL. It'll bring in more gate tickets. It'll help the development. Hopefully that'll all be reinvested and we'll get more and more of the big clubs, the Man United, the cities, and more clubs joining them in, the, in terms of their investment and how they use their platform and to grow the Women's Game.
1: Yeah, I hope that does continue because I know I've seen in the WSL this season that attendances are slightly lower than they would normally. Now, that could be down to a variety of factors. It could be because they're easily broadcast on TV. It could mm-hmm. be because of COVID. It, it's really hard to judge because of the way things have been, but I do hope that it slowly will encourage like more yeah. people to go to the
2: games. But the
0: exposure is relatively new as well, so it'll be interesting to see maybe next year, the year after, um how it has impacted I don't think we'll know until that point but for us across the water it's definitely brilliant for us to see our girls and other girls um, and and the levels that they're at in the WSL
1: definitely and i look forward to discussing it with you over the next couple of weeks (laughs) if anyone listening has any opinions or suggestions or thoughts on anything that karen and i have talked about today or else has any thoughts about what we should be hitting on in future weeks please do get us on twitter uh, tag off the ball and use the hashtag koi gig So now it's time for something I'm very excited for uh, because it might just get a little bit heated which is always fun. Uh, OTB Emma's Carol has joined us and she is going to provide us with our very first team of the week but this today for a little bit of a spin on things we're actually going to do a team of the season just to give everyone a bit of a taste about how the season's been going so far and who the players are that you should be looking out for. How are you Emma? Good, how are you? I'm good, thank you for joining us. So I suppose Shall we just dive straight into it? Run us through your starting 11.
2: So starting 11, um, it can be looked at as a, on the graph of, graphic, I've kind of got it as a 4-2-3-1, but it probably could be a 4-4-2 four, four, really, uh, depending on where you want to play the players because there's so much attack in there really, to be honest. Um, in goal, we have Becky Spencer from Tottenham. I think Spurs are just so far in the beginning of the season doing so much better. Um, they're into her place. So compared to last season, it's just miles and miles ahead of themselves. And I think her goalkeeping has been top quality and leads a leads a lot to where their position is in the table. Left back, left wing back, left forward, right wing, wherever you want her. Katie McCabe <laughs> has to be in there. Um, speaks for herself, and I'm sure we'll talk to her later on. Uh, right beside her in centre back, Louise Quinn. She's probably been the standout performer for Birmingham, I reckon, so far this season. I think they're relying a lot on her, her experience because if they don't have that, they're really going to struggle and they're already struggling this season, as, we, as we've as we seen. Um, alongside her, Arsenal's Leah Williamson. I think she's had a few good seasons, but she's really stepped it up again this season and she's shown leadership. Those diagonal balls is almost like what van dyke done before he got injured for liverpool the way she just pings them like 40 50 yards down the field and picks out a player um right back i've kind of, it's in a bit of a similar vein to mccabe it's a bit off cut. uh erin Cuthbert has kind of played a right wing back right right back position for chelsea this season not a position i don't think any of us probably ever would have seen her in or thought she would be in but she's kind of staple that, that position down um at the start of the season and has shown why Emma Hayes is putting trust in her. Then in the centre, Kim Little, since her retirement, it's almost given her an international retirement, I should say, has given her a lease of new lease of life um for Arsenal this season. And alongside her is Ella Toon, I've put from Manchester United, probably usually will play a little bit forward, but I just wanted to get her into the team because I think She's had a really good start to the season. She's young and she's definitely one to watch. Um, moving forward the field, then right wing forward, right forward, wherever you want to put her again, Beth Mead. And I think she's just, so far, she's player of the season for me. No matter who she's, like, who, what other players. I I just, she's fire, to be honest. <laughs> Goals, assists, left, right and centre. Um, then more in the centre of things, I put in Frank Kirby. Because, again, I think since she's come back from her illness, she's just been top-notch. It's, it's kind of the Chelsea tree here. and Then on the left side is Pernilla Harder. Again, I think she kind of took a little... like She didn't reach the heights that we've seen her um, play for Wolfsburg last season for Chelsea. Obviously, really top quality, and it's not to her standards. But I think she's starting to step up again and show that she's the world-class player that she is. And then right up top, some care you can't have Kirby without Kerr, or care without Kirby so they go hand in hand together um, and that's this starting 11 and I know there's a couple of names missing from there <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't envy anyone who has to come up with these
1: teams but I feel like Karen and I are going to have a few things <laughs> that we want to point the out Karen, fresh, yeah it. jump straight in with it
0: Well, for me, I'll go straight to the top of the pitch. Basically, we're playing five up top at the looks of it. Um, But for me, you can never have a team. It doesn't matter who she is or what she's done or or if she's not getting the same amount of goals. Vivian Miedema needs to be on that team. And I know you're going for the the Chelsea three up top there. Um, But just what she offers, the way she can run the channels, her game intelligence, uh, she's a joy to watch. I think if you were given coaching 101 on what, what is a striker, She's right up there with with any of the males that we would have. She's a bit theory on Riesk at times, so um, she'd be she'd be the one that I'd be that sticks out the most um, to me anyway.
2: Yeah, I thought go. she was the biggest omission. To me. Yeah, <laughs> and I've had her yeah, in and out, down and yeah. out, in and out about three or four times in different reiterations of this team. Um, I just thought so far this season she's excellent, as you said. And she'll definitely be in many teams of the weeks to come. But it shows the form of the the other girls that with
0: four goals and two assists that she's still not making it. It just kind of shows the firepower that particularly maybe Chelsea are shown and and other people on the Arsenal team as well. So far, because obviously Arsenal have come up an amazing start to the season. They're on a brilliant streak at the moment. But I think she's key to that. So that's the one I would I would look to.
1: I think it is interesting as well players like me, because obviously like UNSA you know, DeVel's been playing such a different system to what Arsenal or especially Arsenal fans are probably used to watching and women's football fans that it's been interesting to see her be on the ball that little bit less, but still being that sort of like linchpin in the whole thing. And also with so many players in Arsenal's team, like you said, Karen, kind of performing well. You almost sometimes, she drifts out of your mind and then you're like, wait, Minima's still on this team. She's still like performing incredibly well. My one would have been, and this may, a few Irish fans may be questioning me on this one, but Louise Quinn as one of the best centre-backs in the league. I do agree with what you said in terms of, what she's doing with Birmingham this season, definitely they would be struggling massively without her. But I just think of players like Magda Eriksson and stuff and like these world-class players that the league have. So I was wondering if you could explain to us a bit more about that
2: choice. Oh, it could be complete Irish bias. I won't lie to you. (laughs) (laughs) And especially after seeing um, Eriksson in the flesh as well in Tallert a couple of weeks ago, like calmness and control is just... It's just amazing to watch really, to be honest with you. But um, as I said, probably completely a little bit of Irish bias. She's had a head bandage on for two or three weeks in a row. Anytime I looked at her, she was just blocking and blocking and blocking. Bandages on her head, kept going for the headers. Um, And yes, I think we've seen a lot of Birmingham on the BBC and Sky as well. They seem to be involved in a lot of those TV coverage matches. So she was really standing out in my
0: mind as well. Yeah, She's certainly prominent there. I think um, we could give an honourable mention to, maybe in terms of defensive work, um, Julie Flaherty and Mackenzie Arnold for West Ham. Their goals concession has been really, really low. They're really dogged and, and they're doing really well. They're, they're sixth in the league at the moment. You know, They had struggled and they're a little bit inconsistent, but I think those two have put in some really big performances there. And you look at their goals conceded, I think it's four. Um, and I think it's only Arsenal and Spurs who are better than them at the moment. So um, while they might not be quite in team the season, I think that they, they deserve a mention at this point, definitely for the work they've put in so far.
1: One I do want to touch on a little bit, Emma, that I do think deserves an extra applause is Beth Mead, who has probably been in the form of her life, has really taken being let down by the Olympics and just changed her entire outlook on football, changed the way that she wants to be represented in the team her I think she has something like 14 assists nine goals and 16 games across all competitions like that's an incredible tally and we're not that far into the season no, yet. and she she's added not.
0: to it last night again in the in the FA Cup so she's get, she's yeah. just so consistent now as well
2: it, yeah she's just it, I think she said she she likes to play angry and getting dropped has made her angry and oh my god if her managers want to make her angry more often. I'm sure they wouldn't mind if they're getting those results because you think Nikita Paris and Tobin Heath coming in would definitely be putting her under pressure as well. And then she she's just stepped up to the plate. And she must be doing it in training training as well for the coach to be actually putting her in the side. Um, and yeah, she, he has no reason to drop her at the moment the way she's performing.
1: I think it's exactly what you said as well. Like you look at the team that Arsenal have, and maybe it's the sort of thing we would have said about Chelsea in the past, but they have the Tobin Heats, the Miedemas, the Paris, these massive names. But we're talking about Beth Mead, even players, I know she plays up in defence, but uh, Leah Williamson, who like got the England captaincy and her saying at the start of the season that she wanted to be known for more than her defending and her passing. And I think she's never scored more than twice in a season and she's already done that this season. And it's so interesting to see how Jonas Edewey has kind of taken this Arsenal team and, I don't know, just kind of, like, leveled every single little piece of them up to a higher standard, how he's, like, the changes in the team every week. He's not afraid to drop the best players. He's Whenever would you think you'd be leaving Vivian Miedema out of an FA Cup semifinal? Admittedly, it was Brighton. But even still, like, they held Arsenal for the first 45 minutes. It wasn't the easiest of opponents that they could have faced, Um so I think it's really interesting, and I I enjoy seeing players like Beth Mead come up, especially after the summer
0: she had. Yeah, and it's it's interesting you said that about his style of play because when we look at the contrasting fortunes of Man City, who are very possession based football, and they're they're struggling to break teams down. Teams are figuring out how to play against them. Arsenal seem to have more versatility because they can, they're willing to go that more direct route. Like you said, Leo Williamson with those split passes, they're, they're incredible. They can also play possession and be patient when they need to because teams are going to block up against them. But I think they have that strength and depth and they have, always have options off the bench now. And I think that that's why um, City are struggling a little bit and Arsenal are going from strength to strength.
2: Um, Honourable I mean, mention as well, as a uh, Liverpool fan, and I'll out myself as one of those right now, <laughs> Leanne Kernan, um, it's championships, so not quite WS, WSL, but she's an Irish player, young, and we have to, we can't kind of overlook her form, six uh, six goals in four games for Liverpool. Her goals have kind of come at a time where Liverpool's form have turned as well because they ha- didn't have the best start of the season, and you're kind of wondering... Oh my God, are they actually going to be able to push for that promotion? But they're up to second place now and a lot of it is to thank for her goals completely I've been so impressed with her Uh, I've even said it
1: a few times when we've been talking about Ireland games that I would love to see her a bit more involved in the national side just because no other player apart from maybe take Katie McCabe out of it is in the sort of scoring form she is at the moment so definitely deserves an honourable mention and I feel like we might be doing a few of those over the rest of the season yeah I'm
0: and she had to work her way through such a difficult patch as well with injury and stuff and And being a striker is all about confidence and she has that now. So hopefully we'll get to see more of that in the green jersey as well, like you say.
1: Emma, thank you so much for joining us and looking forward to seeing you again next week when we will have our team of the week and we'll be focused on all next
2: weekend's games. An official team of the week. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks guys.
1: Now I'm very excited to say it is time for our first guest ever on the podcast. Joining us today is Birmingham City and Ireland's Lucy Quinn. Welcome on the podcast, Lucy. Hi,
3: Thank you for having me.
1: We're delighted to have you here. This is really exciting. Um, I suppose just to get started straight into it, you've obviously just come off international duty.
3: How are you feeling? How are the legs? There were some very high intense games that you guys were involved in. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I am feeling a bit leggy, if I'm honest. I think most of us uh, left our legs in Finland. So, yeah, it's... going to take a couple of days to maybe recover um but yeah obviously we came away with three points which is is massive and that helps a lot and i suppose
1: after looking back on the camp it probably is what you would have expected to get from it it was very successful especially that finland game for you and there's been a lot of talk as well recently about how this ireland team has come along i know you're kind of starting your journey with the squad. For you, what is it that's made
3: this team so different the last couple of camps? Um, yeah, obviously it's, it's fairly new to me. I've obviously known all about the girls and kept, kept an eye on their progress for, for years. Um, but I think knowing the players individually and, and knowing that the standard and the leagues around the world that they're playing in, um, we obviously knew that there was a fantastic squad there. Um, Yeah, and just luck would have it that we're on a very good run at the minute in in the past uh, two or three games that we've had. Um, So, yeah, I don't know if that's just relationships and time together and time working with the manager that things have started to click. But, yeah, it's also about uh, momentum a lot of the time in football. And we've seen to have had a really positive game against Australia um, and have had been meeting up in with our national team regularly since then. And have just carried through that momentum.
0: Yeah, I think momentum is is a great word for for what this team is building. And you're going into two games now, um, Slovakia and Georgia, where you'll be expected to to kind of win. And I think that there's a real belief that you will win. Um, You yourself, you had to do a lot of selfless running in the last two games. I'm sure you'll be looking forward to hopefully getting a a few um, more shots on target in the next game. So I guess my question is... um, have you thought of a better celebration in case you get a goal? Because I'm not sure about that first one. I really <laughs> I liked it. Your performances it. have been great, but I think that that's the only area I'd see room for improvement <laughs> at this point.
3: I really liked it. I don't know what you mean <laughs> by that. Um, yeah, and no, obviously there has been a lot of running, but that's just football. But then obviously that's international football and that's something that you you have to do. And I've quite enjoyed it. But scoring a goal was something that I completely did not expect so I think the celebration was maybe me blacking out I'm not (laughs) sure what happened I think if someone had said you know you would you would have a big part to play on your debut um yeah, yeah I wouldn't expect to to score and I think that's what that celebration was about so yeah the shock of it and I'll I'll definitely work on a better one for next time and you say there about
1: not expecting to have such a big involvement on your debut, but obviously you did. It was amazing, minus the celebration, which we could revisit at a later stage. But um, what is it, like, working with someone like Vera Powell, like, was she saying to you before you went into this game, you can have a big impact on this? You've worked so incredibly... Because you have, you worked really hard to get into that squad and just even the paperwork to be involved alone mm. has taken you quite a long time. What what
3: was the sort of thing that she was saying to you before you made your debut? Yeah, to be fair, it was, it was probably um a confidence thing that started long before I even joined up with the squad. Um, We were having conversations, Vera and I have been have been in communication for a couple of years since she was appointed. Um, She would call me regularly and say, you know, where are we at with the process? You're someone that we really want to bring into the squad. You're someone that we feel can really benefit us in, in certain places that we're missing at the minute. And obviously hearing that from a national national team manager is is a massive confidence boost. And that's part of the reason why I was working so hard to get my application and paperwork over the line. Um so yeah, so then calling me into camp, um, she was really excited to to have me there. She she was very open with that. And obviously, again, that gave me a massive confidence boost. And I uh yeah, just provided me with an environment where I felt like I could I could go and really achieve something and, and play my best. And yeah, so obviously when she put me in the starting lineup is a, a massive leap of faith on her part. Um, so yeah, I was just really glad that I could repay her with putting in like a strong performance, I suppose.
0: Yeah, I think you you made a massive impact and obviously senior international, it's it's the pinnacle, but you had some international experience. Tell me if I'm wrong reading your Wikipedia page. Top goal scorer at the World University Games. Best goalkeeper at the Women's Euro Beach Soccer Cup. Yeah. What's that about? <laughs> yeah,
3: so the World University Games was, yeah, it's like an Olympic Games for university students. Mm. And it was probably the best experience I've had in my life.
0: Just I would the say this is one of the same things for myself. I haven't played in Ireland. Yeah, we I absolutely did go. Hammered, by uh, yeah, I'm uh, uh, hammered by Great Britain. But we got hammered by Great Britain, but it's still one of the best, best experiences because yeah. it is like mini Olympics.
3: It was, it was unbelievable. And I'd never experienced anything like that before. Um, We went to the Olympic Village. You're a younger person, you're at university. Um, It was a part of the world that I was never going to get the opportunity to see any other way, in my opinion. Um, You meet students from all over the world with that common goal of sport or football, and it kind of just brings you all together. Um, so yeah that was a really amazing experience obviously I was at university in England so I was representing GB um, but we played against Ireland um, and a lot of the girls were playing for that team so we've had chats over dinner in the squad about what an amazing experience that was um, obviously I was playing for GB which is uh, not <laughs> the best thing but, yeah. but obviously that's just
0: you. the way it was few more goals yeah, and you, I forgive
3: think. you <laughs> at
1: least you um, went the right yeah. way you beat yeah. Ireland then so it's yeah. fine you I did mean, like a Jack Rielish, Jacqueline Rice sort of deal on yeah.
3: us <laughs> well yeah it was obviously just where I was at university as well so it's not really like a yeah it was just kind of circumstances I suppose but um yeah and then the the beach soccer thing is is yeah it's something that I get asked about a lot um, it was basically just the opportunity for us to, a few of the girls from Portsmouth to to play beach soccer, which was just a great way of uh, keeping fit and travelling the world during the summer. Um, I did play in goal. It's obviously a, a slightly different sport to 11-a-side grass football. Um, but yeah, it was it was good fun and I, and I really enjoyed that as well. And unfortunately, that was something that I couldn't continue when I went professional with grass football, but it was a, an amazing experience just to go with your friends. And again, yeah, see... See different places in the world.
1: So what you're telling us is that we don't need to start involving you in the Great Ireland goalkeeper debate that's been raging on the last couple of months. That
3: you're going to stick with where you are on the pitch. I think I would prefer to stick with where I am on the pitch. But you know, if Vera or the girls say, "Look, we need you to go in goal," um, I'm not sure uh, all the keepers would, would have I would be in favour of that. Um, but yeah, if it had to be done, then you do anything for the shirt, I guess and you've just come back
1: off that international duty going into women's super league it's been a bit of a tough season so far for um Bramium. how what's the atmosphere like around the ground
3: yeah um obviously the the WSL is a massively competitive league and it is just growing and growing every single year and Birmingham this year are a, a squad that are very new together, very young. There's not many girls that have experienced WSL football or professional football before. Uh, there's a new manager. So, yeah, it was always going to be a bit of a task. Um, it's it's a league that's amazing. Anyone can go and get a result against anyone. And I think we still have a positive run that's going to come our way. We are going to get results. We are going to get points. We are going to get goals. It's just that... Uh, initial stage of of gelling and figuring out how how we want to play but the mood in camp is really good everybody enjoys being there everybody enjoys being together and it's a fantastic experience for the girls that have never done it before to step out and play against players and teams and stadiums that we have been so yeah it, it has been slightly difficult but this this league is never going to be easy it doesn't matter you know how your squad has been prepared so no, it is it is very positive and exciting and some of the some of the girls are really gonna come into their own. Um they look in really impressive and I can't wait to just see them keep developing.
0: Yeah, and you're off the mark now, you got your your first point, obviously, Louise scored a screamer from one yard out to, to get you off the <laughs> mark there and you mentioned obviously there's new girls coming in some of them being Elmer Ryan Doyle, Jamie Finn, um, Emily Whelan they, they've they all recently joined who wouldn't have that experience Um, you have been there and you've done it before Um so it must have been nice for them to to have a, someone like you in and around the squad and of course Louise um, you probably have that leadership yep. role in there somewhat.
3: Yeah yeah 100% obviously Louise is someone that you can watch in training or watch how she carries herself and watch how she commits to every single game and yeah you can't not learn something from uh, someone that's achieved so much in their career obviously with the national team with at club level Um yeah she's obviously a natural born leader and she's our captain and she's obviously a very very important person to have around and yeah again with the young girls they've come in with a whole different host of experiences than I've ever had I've never played in Ireland so I can also learn something from them for example Um, I would say I I like to think that they look up to me as a slightly senior player Um, but yeah I'm not sure Uh, (laughs) well yeah we always have a bit of a a bit of banter messing around but yeah no I know that they they really value uh, the communication we have just just the same that I would Uh, take advice or, or anything from them really
1: and you were talking earlier about momentum with relation to the Irish team but presumably because there is such a strong Irish contingent in Birmingham that like when you're on that sort of momentum with the national team it's a lot easier to go back into the squad with a kind of positive attitude
3: and say right well this is how we're going to attack our next few games going forward yeah no definitely um, I love the amount of, of Irish girls that we have. Um, obviously from uh football, football side of things, but also just in general. Obviously, everyone loves the Irish. Um, they're they're great girls and it's really nice to to get to know them at club level and then also, yeah, it was a lot easier for me to transition into that island squad because I only I already had uh friends from from the team. So yeah, no, it's 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 really good and and Obviously, we can come back off of camp and I know a lot more about Jamie than I did before because I've just played on the right side against one of the best teams in the world with Jamie and we're constantly communicating, for example, or whatever it might be. So it definitely makes that easier. Um, but even for me personally, I've never had to do that before where I've had to have an international head and then two days later, I'm back at club. We play a different way with different players. So I'm still really learning from that and really enjoying it. But it definitely makes a difference that there's... group of us definitely yeah and just because obviously
1: you've come into Birmingham at like this is your second spell you re-signed during the summer what was it that attracted you back to the club especially when I suppose you look at last season with Birmingham there were a lot of off-field issues and there was it was quite public and there was players who were unhappy what was it about the setup now that you said this is a team and a club and that I want to play with and I want to I suppose be associated with
3: yeah obviously my first spell at Birmingham was my first professional contract my first club Um, they really took a chance on me I guess Um, kind of gave me the opportunity to play at this level so Birmingham always had a special place in my heart and I never left on any bad notes at all. I just wanted to go and test myself and put myself in new environments and develop. And I always, always said to the club that I would never be against coming back. Um, So, yeah, when I when I found out that they were interested in the summer, it was definitely a conversation that I wanted to have. Um, They made me feel valued just as they did before. You know, they they really make me feel like they appreciate me as a player and a person, which was really important to me. Um, I was looking for a new challenge in my career, um, obviously being a bit older now, so being a bit more of a senior player. And I felt like that's what Blues needed. Um, blues needed players like myself or Louise to come in with a bit more experience and really help them get through this season. Um, again, with the with the off-the-pitch stuff, women's football is, is growing at such a phenom- phenomenal rate all the time that certain clubs, you know, often are playing catch up and that's not necessarily their fault that might be facilities wise that might be uh, funding wise or squad numbers whatever it might be Um, Blues have really showed intent that we understand where the women's team is going we understand that it is fully professional and and we value it massively as part of our club and in our communities and that we're going to do everything that we can um, to support you girls and that's a message that that I received when I spoke about re-signing and, yeah, obviously some clubs are able to do that in a fortnight and some clubs are, able, are going to have to take a little bit longer. But Blues are definitely on that journey. And I felt really positive about that.
0: Yeah, and we've even seen that with our own international team. Obviously, we had mm. issues in 2017 and it's only now that even some of those are, are being addressed. And we've seen it come on leaps and bounds with um, Cavaliers and the like getting on board, which is which is fantastic. So it's hopefully on an upward ebb, both at international and club level for you. So that's, that's great to hear that they, they have that vision for you in place.
3: Yeah, no, they, they definitely do. And, and yeah, like you say, it's, it's getting to a point where uh, sponsors are coming on board and we're getting viewing figures and, that are going through the roof and we're just getting more coverage in general. And yeah, like I said, Birmingham City has always been such a famous women's team. You know, I remember growing up, the likes of Kaz Carney and just some of the players that have come through the club. Um, but yeah, a lot's changing very, very quickly and, and the club wants to move forward with the women's game and they've they've always felt that. It just hasn't always been that easy.
1: Definitely not. And I think especially with the WSL, it tends to be a league that's quite top-heavy at times and it doesn't really have that pull down effect. But things are changing now that that can also help with the process and it's not just up to clubs. There is things like the broadcast deal that will yeah, help make things more accessible Um, I mean I don't know how you feel about the fact that you're now and instead of just playing to a crowd you actually now have the opportunity to play for the thousands of people that have been tuning in every weekend to these matches I mean there's been incredible viewership turnout so far
3: yeah honestly it's, it's unbelievable when you are growing up and you love football and you want to be a footballer you obviously dream of playing in front of thousands of people you dream of the tv cameras and scoring in the stadium and Sky Sports, and and if I'm honest, I really never thought that I'd see that during my career. I thought it wouldn't wouldn't happen on the scale that it has for for many years. Um, I thought there was always a market there for women's football, especially off of the the back of the Women's World Cup. We saw that viewing figures were very popular, and everybody appreciated the game a lot more. They saw the girls as athletes, just from every country. It really was great exposure for the women's game. Um, but yeah, honestly, I, I didn't think that I'd ever see the day that I would be a professional footballer, where I would be paid to go and do what I love, let alone to, you know, be sat eating lunch and have Sky Sports pop up with your name or your face. Or, obviously, it's an absolute dream come true. And I'm really grateful for the journey I've had. I've experienced amateur football and semi-professional football and now obviously professional football with, with massive exposure. And yeah, it's it's a career that I'll only get to live once, and yeah, it's been it's been an absolute dream.
0: It's such a unique thing as well for for a lot of people to have gone through that journey from the before things were pro, and to see where it's gone now, and it's it's growing exponentially, and and it's only going to continue to do that. And the the investments are so important for that, particularly for us. We're watching Sky Sports over here, so we're getting to see our girls and what they're doing across the channel, and that's going to help like people playing in Ireland it's going to increase participation and hopefully we'll get to see more and more people transition from our Women's National League in Ireland over to England when they are ready and who knows it might even trickle down to to help us become semi-professional in this country I think that will be the ultimate goal too so um, I think the exposure over there will have a knock-on effect here which is fantastic.
3: Yeah I 100% agree with that because We've seen the WSL model and what it's done in England in terms of we now have a fully professional league and, yeah, it might be a bit smaller than the men's league at the minute, but obviously we talk about this momentum and the journey that women's football is on. And we've seen now with the Championship, the majority, if not all of the clubs, I think now are, are full-time or professional. and Yeah, it's only a matter of time that we start to see that more it's happening in Scotland and then we want to see it happening in Ireland. And, and absolutely, it's great that young girls can watch Jamie and Eleanor and... Wheelow come over and think oh she's from a little town just down the road from me and now she can go and travel or stay in Ireland and, and play football and yeah and it be visible which is obviously massively important and something that the women's national team have been fighting for long before I was involved so yeah it's great to see and hopefully it just it just carries on the way it's going and to bring it kind of finally back the league
1: and Birmingham and what can we expect from this team in the coming matches I know you said that like there's a lot of players have come in a lot of younger players new managers it's been a lot of shifting change so what are the team targeting in the next couple of games I think it's like Red and Aston Villa and maybe Chelsea coming up as the next three um what can we expect from the team
3: yeah so we've got some we've got some big games coming up uh, obviously the Aston Villa the second city derby is is huge it's huge to the players and to the fans it's just part of football that we we really love um so yeah you're gonna see a lot of hard work and a lot of heart and and desire from the next few games um yeah we are we are all new together but we've had more time and you can definitely see that we're growing every game that we play um obviously off the back of West Ham that was that was a big step for us just to to get some belief in some of the girls and you know, some self-confidence in themselves. So I think within the next couple of games, especially, um, yeah, we're going to see a lot more of us um, on the ball and and going forward and showing what we can do Um, and watching some of the players in in training and they've just picked up things so quickly and they're just working so hard and I'm excited to to see them go and get their rewards at some point in the near future.
0: Yeah, to have taken a point at West Ham was fantastic. And you're looking at Villa and Reading, Um, who are below them so you you certainly must have belief going into those games that you can get one if not three points from them and build the momentum that you spoke about earlier
3: yeah no definitely it's it's important to to obviously come off the back of taking point of West Ham and say look girls this is a team that were flying in form and you've proved that we can go out and do it that was a, a hearty performance it wasn't always pretty and obviously Louise scored with her feet which I don't think any of us have ever seen before (laughs) Um, so yeah we can take a lot of confidence from that But obviously like I said earlier the the league is so competitive you never know who's going to go and get a result against who and yeah the girls should definitely look at the next two fixtures and think anything's achievable here if we go out and do our best and yeah that's hopefully um, what we'll take into the game and, and come away with points because we definitely deserve them. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Lucy. Best of luck
1: with the rest of the season, and of course with the World Cup qualifiers. You know, Karen and I will definitely be watching
3: and willing you on. We all
1: want to be for that
0: celebration.
3: we all want to be there. I in will. I'll get working on that this evening because you're right. <laughs> I will watch it back. It was yeah. Just one of the things. But I'll get practised
1: in. Um, That's it for us this week on the first ever Koi Gig podcast on OGB sports in association with Cadbury FC, official snack partner to the Republic of Ireland's women's national team. Karen and I will be back next Tuesday, ready to bring you all the biggest news and talking points from across the weekend's games. And of course, Emma will be back with us to give us her first team of the week. As we mentioned earlier, we will also be joined by Ireland and Arsenal's Katie McCabe to chat all things about her career. Thank you for joining us on episode one of the Koi Gig Pod. And thank you, Karen. Thank you. And we'll see you all next week.
0: The Koi Gig Pod and OTB Sports in association with Cadbury. A player and a half deserves a glass and a half of support.